new song. Married to new who? Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doc 2 for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry. Get a shift on! This week, we are here to talk about The Woman Who Fell to Earth. Written by Chris General, directed by Jamie Childs, aired October 7th, 2018. Jill. Yes? What'd you think of this one? I'm honestly not quite sure what to think about it yet. There were things I liked, and there were things I was disappointed about. And I, I can't really find a good description. That's fair. I have mixed feelings. That's where I'm at. Sam? Um, I would say not as good as the 11th hour, obviously. Not as good as Rose, but I'll put it above Tenant's first Christmas special. The Christmas Invasion. Yeah. Above that one. Not bad, though. It was good. Cody? I thought this episode was really fun and kind of neat. Terry? I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it was a really fun story. I love the villain. And it's made me want to watch more because I can't quite figure out the doctor just yet to know if I like her or not. So I'm excited for more. Alex. Yep. Still still good. Still like it. It was a lot of fun. Cool. Jake. Uh I like this one. It's uh well paced, does all the stuff. And uh yeah, we'll get more into it here in a bit. Um we're going to do things a little differently from here on. I'm going to try to sprinkle tweets throughout the podcast instead of doing them all at once. So I'm going to start with Hannah Drinks Cocoa and Social Distances at HT Scrappa says, Words alone cannot stress how much I love that story. The pacing is impeccable and Jody is amazing. It effectively brought me back into watching the show after a very long leave of absence. How nice. do you guys want to do this? Should we kind of talk about the story generically and then talk about the Doctor and the Companions, or you want to jump right in? Jump right in? Okay, Cody, what do you think of Jody as the Doctor? Uh, Jody, I think I'm still getting used to her. I've never been, like, 100% on board the first time I see the new Doctor. Uh, not she even definitely, in the 11th hour? Not even. Like, Man. Matt Smith, I think, had the most powerful... Um, I think he definitely had the most powerful changeover. And I was quick to get on board with Matt Smith. Uh, Peter Capaldi I was pretty slow with. David Tennant I was pretty slow with. But Jody is different. Just a different doctor. It makes the scrunchy face a lot. <laughs> so much scrunchy face. And the, you could, t like, whoever wrote this, you could tell the writing is modern this feels like a modern fucking tv show now 
like the the Chris horror. Chibnall is the man's name. Chibnall J- just said it. I think I'm going to fucking love Chibnall if that individual keeps up this shit because damn. The, the way that they approached the horror aspect of this episode was fucking sublime. The monster with the teeth, I wish it wasn't that. Gross. But I think they were going for that, and they fucking nailed gross. It was creepy, yeah. <laughs> the special effects through the fucking roof. Absolutely amazing. The costumes, fucking sweet. Pacing super good. <laughs> all right, shut up. Stop <laughs> listing everything. <laughs> we'll get to all of it. So Chibnall wrote the show that I watched, and I really enjoyed that. It was really well written. Give us a couple minutes on Broadchurch. You just watched season one? No, I watched all of it. Oh, tell us about it. It was great. <laughs> That's all I got. It was really... <laughs> oh, you should like do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on great shows I watched it <laughs> taking notes from Terry there uh, no it was the first season it's just full of drama and uh, the characters are really well written and interesting and it's the first time that I ever saw um, our new doctor as an actor anywhere so that was my introduction to yeah. her well you saw her in uh, Black Mirror Okay, well, I don't remember any of the actors from Black Mirror, <laughs> but fair. You know the one where uh, they everyone has like a camera in their eye and they can rewind it and the guy catches his wife cheating? Oh, yeah. She's the wife. What? Ooh. Might have to rewatch that one now. Actually, I won't. Those are really sad. But do you all remember the ending of this episode? It was so fucking sweet. They finally got cliffhangers coming back, and they got like a canon series where things Cody, are shut like up. you really just want to see the next episode. You can. Well, after we're done with this. Okay, Cody, Chris Chibnall, he's written for Doctor Who before. He wrote for RTD and for Moffat. Um, it was kind of thought that it's the BBC's like mandate that the showrunner have written for Doctor Who, but also have like successfully run a show, which he did with Broadchurch. It was a huge hit. Here's the ones he's written. From season three, 42. The one that you guys all called a cheap imitation of the Satan Pit. Because it was. <laughs> and then the two-parter that reintroduced us to the Silurians, the Hungry Earth, and Cold Blood. And then in season seven... Uh, dinosaurs on a spaceship and the power of three okay i'm not <laughs> oh no completely blown away but <laughs> all those episodes were just fine what was the power yeah. of three again that's one of the little tiny boxes that invaded the oh, earth yeah. yeah so chibnall is often like the thing people say about him is that he's really good at writing characters characters well, so I think you hit it on the head there, Sam, when talking about Broadchurch. Uh, Sam, what'd you think of Jody? She's fun. It's really hard to get a good feel of a doctor on their first episode, typically, I feel. But I, I didn't not like her. How about you, Jill? I really liked her energy. And we we're talking about her squinty face. I really liked her facial expression. She was... I mean, she's an actor, right? So she should be good at acting. 
but she just like <laughs> she's doing she her really, job. She really like stole every scene. I felt like like she was just all in all the time, and I really liked that. I it's, would agree with that. It's kind of a different energy than Peter Capaldi, as it should be, where he was like maybe a little bit like he was always in it. Don't get me wrong, but like maybe more kind of dark, deep sort of character. She had a lot, a little, a lot little more chill sometimes. Yeah, she just had a lot different of a presence, and I really enjoyed yeah. her presence. Um, Terry, what do you think of Jody? I agree with Jill in that I love her energy that she has. It was really fun to see her um, rediscovering herself uh, of just learning how her new body works and what it can and cannot do. And uh, just having that play off of her regeneration and then her actual doctor personality of stepping forward taking charge going like stand behind me and just doing all of this the backbone stuff that the doctor normally does uh was really fun to see her step into that role um and then just like her weird quirky stuff of like the finger up the nose to figure out when she's gonna faint it was just like where did this come from (laughs) and but it was just like it's it's really interesting and i'm kind of wondering like what else uh, the doctor's body is able to tell them throughout or just not like normal stance. Like, is there something that you stick your finger in your ear and you figure out if you have a fever or not? Like, I don't know. Like, it'd be super fun to see if that happens more often or not. You mean like licking wood and telling that there's mistletoe in it? (laughs) You mean that people just can't do that? (laughs) Do it all the time. All right, Alex, you always say it takes you like a full season to get into a doctor. Was that the same with Jody the first time you watched it? Um, yeah, I I do. So I did share a lot of what you guys are saying, you know, on your first watch. But watching it the second time, I I really do enjoy watching Jody go for it. Like it's it's so good and she played it so well in that like the doctor is kind of in shambles and not done regenerating yet. And I just thought the way that she did it was super, super good. And it's it's fun to watch it again. And this is the first story that we're doing that Alex and I reviewed for Brothers on this podcast feed. So you can go all the way back to the very beginning and listen to that one. I don't recommend it because <laughs> we, we did the first two episodes because I was out of town uh when this premiered and i was super jet lagged and out of my fucking mind i was just like super mad yelled about everything and got all the actors names wrong <laughs> so <laughs> but we can go you, listen now you can yeah well, you, no because we do the first two episodes okay, in that so one so you have to wait. Oh, boo. yeah you could you could follow brothers and who now guys <laughs> question be fun no we're, we're not doing questions um <laughs> sorry go ahead terry <laughs> um so did anyone else feel that there was a really weird moment uh, on the crane when, was it Ryan or something <laughs> like that? No, not Ryan. Anyway, the target uh, kicked Tim Shaw off the crane while he uh, then disappeared. And the doctor turns to him and says, you had no right to do that. Like she well, was so stern yeah. and like no I mean, fun whatsoever. Fair. And like, to me that felt like it just came out of nowhere and i was like holy crap like the doctor is already showing the truly like angry side of the doctor of just like no 
like scolding this person who kind of feels like he had a right to do that. It's like he was just about to be dragged off somewhere else to rot and die. It's like, I feel like I would kick the guy off too. Like, screw you. All right, Terry's pro murder. Uh, <laughs> turns out the doctor's against it. Who knew? Surprise. Uh, yeah, that is something we'll talk more about later. I think episode three, to uh, give a minor spoiler, is kind of the first time, the next time you really see Jodie Whittaker's doctor get mad, and it's one of my favorite scenes. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, let's talk about the companions a bit before getting into the story. Jill, what'd you think of the companions? Was there one you liked more than the others or give us some thoughts? This was the part I probably like le- liked least about this episode or this writing was that there were so many companions. And I I mean, they all did a great job. I thought all of the actors did a nice job and all the characters contributed something. But I didn't like not getting to know, you know, the companions a little bit deeper. Like it feels like in previous stories or doctors we get to know at least one companion pretty deep so i can't say that anyone really jumped out at me because that was one of my frustrations of like i want to know these people better of course the grandma was really cool but you know now she's dead (laughs) so i don't know that that was one of my frustrations sam i kind of feel the same they were fun to have along but it didn't feel like you had a great connection with any of them cody i thought they were all fantastic i thought they were as fleshed out as they could be in a 63 minute episode yeah and the doctor doesn't show up until i think like a full 10 minutes in so it is yeah they do get some time admittedly just those guys when the grandma died i feel like i should have been more sad than i was and that was just like lack (laughs) of connection or like maybe it was a really dumb it was a really dumb death probably (laughs) but i loved all the side characters and that's uh that's all the fleshing i need terry you have a favorite uh my favorite was grace because she had (laughs) not a companion i no but she would she had this like go get him energy and like when the ball of tentacle things was on the train she was the first to approach it when there was uh like the doctor ran off towards the thing in the alleyway like she ran off right after it's just like she's out for this adventure like i'm living life and then to have her die was just so sad like i was super sad but then i fell in love with graham because he is just like the voice of reason throughout this entire thing of like anyone else remember these bombs in our necks anyone (laughs) (laughs) alex do you recall if at the time you felt a certain way about either or any of the companions um i i think i've just kind of have always liked Yaz. Just, I don't know, she's cool, spunky, um, but... Spunky. You know, just, I don't know. It's just a funny word. You you used it correctly. I just like oh, it. Okay. Spunktastic. Um, but but I, no. watching no, 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 it no. again, <laughs> uh, and then listening to Terry just now, it, it kind of struck me that uh, how Grace was in this episode is how most of the single companions are when we first meet them. Like they're kind of running towards the fire and the doctor notices it. And that would be uh, the doctor's draw to invite them on the TARDIS, you know? Right. And it's 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 like complete 180 now because, you know, obviously Grace died. So then it's just like, well, now what? And then so now you have Graham who didn't want to do anything ever. And then <laughs> Ryan who can't 
uh, run, <laughs> and and then and then you got uh, Yaz, which is just great. <laughs> I think after just watching this episode, I was probably more impressed with Graham. Um, I Bradley Walsh does a really good job. I mean, that funeral speech by itself like is enough for me, and oh. he's out of the rest of them, he's not like typically known as an actor. He's more of like a uh, TV presenter slash host slash game show host. And uh, he's definitely like the most famous out of all of them. Uh, So, you know, like every time they hire a comedian or something to be on Doctor Who, everyone laughs and then they're awesome, like all the time. Yeah, that scene was choice. Yeah. Let's uh let's read a tweet from Cindy not that Cindy at needs more yarn. She says, "This was our first episode of the We React podcast, so it holds a special place in my heart. I knew as soon as we met Grace that she would have to die by the end of the episode because I knew who the companions were and she wasn't one of them." <laughs> uh, Spoilers. Someone, well, you know, you see trailers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, someone with such an adventurous spirit who is married to a companion would never stay behind voluntarily. They could have done this setup differently uh it's just a bad look for the show hashtag justice for grace uh she goes on i think this is one of the better introductions to a new doctor she's active throughout the episode even with regeneration confusion teeth face is a memorable if not terribly effective villain her speech at the end is clearly aimed at the viewers they they call him teeth face over there (laughs) at the we react podcast they do oh um Although, Teeth Face is super gross. Tim Shaw. Yeah. Or Sim, <laughs> Sim Shaw, however you want to say it. The um, Stenza. But I have the uh, Funko Pop for him, and it's great. Oh, <laughs> I need a picture of that Funko Pop. Does it have oh, the mask good. or just the teeth? It comes with real oh, it's got teeth. The teeth. Oh, is that this... one of the Funko Pops you've had to take out of pictures? Ooh. Yes. That you've sent us? Is yes. there is there like a Tooth Fairy Funko Pop for Tim Shaw? Oh, God. <laughs> It's just the Tooth Fairy and Tim Shaw fighting. No, like when your kids lose their teeth, you can put it on. <laughs> put it on Tim Shaw. On Tim Shaw. Oh, oh, is there a oh, Mr. Potato see. Head blank I Tim Shaw? I was thinking the yes. same thing of just no, like you insert baby teeth into his face. Oh, that's a great idea. It's like a, it's like an elf on the right. shelf for teeth. <laughs> so we're making one for Pod Baby Part Two. <laughs> Pod Baby Part One hasn't lost teeth yet. I'm assuming. He has oh, yeah, that's fair. time. <laughs> we're, he's he's old news. We're on a new pod, baby. <laughs> we Not got a new even. president, new baby. <laughs> uh, I was I should have said for me, I've it's never taken me longer than the first episode to be into whoever the new doctor is, and Jody was no exception. Uh, I was just in right away. I really like her performance in this. All right, let's talk about the story then. Um, it starts like I said with ten minutes of no doctor. We're introducing ourselves to the characters it starts with ryan doing a vlog about his dead grandma that has two dislikes (laughs) my favorite bit of (laughs) production design in this whole episode is that they do the internet's full of assholes (laughs) and a kid pouring his heart out about his dead grandma is going to have dislikes on it or thumbs down of course we didn't know that it was about like when i first watched this i immediately thought he was talking about the doctor i mean obviously yeah that's yeah. the point but man. yeah i like i wouldn't have noticed that on first watch is that two dislikes on on a dead grandma video <laughs> i got a strong love and monsters vibes is that the one yeah where he and was making uh, vlogs. the vlog 
Oh, yeah. It had me worried for a second. <laughs> so was the whole point of him doing that vlog to set up his whole, like, part of the mission in the middle of the episode where he goes out to, like, social media and asks people if they've seen weird things? I think they're just catching up the times. Because he was, like, the like the the tech gadget guy and then Graham was like the boots on the ground guy and uh Yaz was I mean a police officer so she <laughs> went to the police oh we saw. I was I was wondering if the whole scene of Graham making that video in the beginning was to just set up his part Ryan. or yeah Ryan to set up his part in the like the heist montage when he goes out to uh social media to see if anyone seen anything weird oh it's like his thing yeah but that I, two people like it happened twice in an episode i don't know if you can yeah i don't know from what we know about him it is uh yeah so we're getting introduced to yaz breaking up a parking dispute between two crazy ladies with hammers two karens and then uh, yeah a couple of karens <laughs> and then the bike riding scene with grace yaz and ryan which makes sheffield look like the most beautiful place in the world right it looks great the what bike makes riding. you think sheffield isn't the most beautiful place in the world hearing people who live there talk about it <laughs> oh, shit uh, you got me there i tried sheffield There's drunk guys throwing salad at people <laughs> oh my god uh, that scene was so stupid it yeah that was no pretty. favorite well, scene actually no simshaw <laughs> Like, giving that guy his just desserts, it was great. There was no reason for that whole scene to be in there. It yeah. was just for him to collect another tooth. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was it. The point is that it's actually a very small cast in this episode, and you need Tim Shaw to kill somebody to show how evil he is. Or he's got to kill a couple people. So we get Homeboy, who, like, took the pod because he's hunting Tim Shaw. And then Drunk Salad Man, and then old friendly security guard who's tucking in his granddaughter on FaceTime. Yeah. That the storyline with the guy that stole the pod is so sad, but really like good. <laughs> yeah. And that's the kind of stuff Chibnall's good at. Like even with that security guard, you know, he has a 20 second scene and like, I felt bad that he died <laughs> because I was like, Oh, that poor old man. He's so sweet. Got you in the feels. If it was a Moffat story, he'd have been like, you know, looking up internet porn. <laughs> Did anyone else think that the pod from outer space looked like a uh, space Hershey kiss? Oh, yeah, absolutely. For shame, really. I got real hungry. <laughs> it was literally oh. a note in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Alex's notes are super important. It seems uncomfortable and cramped for interstellar travel. I was really hoping that would be the new TARDIS. Oh, the Hershey's? No TARDIS in this episode. Yeah. Also, I'm excited to see her TARDIS. It will like, be. Big time. I was disappointed to not see it. It was kind of a fun part of the story. Did they like not have it built? Is there a particular reason that there's no TARDIS? <laughs> to, for the story. Like, she doesn't have a Sonic, she doesn't have the TARDIS, she doesn't really know who she is yet, and she has to win. Dude. Super curious how they're going to get the TARDIS back. Well, if it's anything like making that Sonic screwdriver, that was baller as fuck. 
Yeah. Just MacGyvered it. A huge yeah, fan. but her screwdriver looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it does. It's yeah. the worst, and I hope it's just an interim until she gets back to the TARDIS. Please, God. I don't think it is. <laughs> uh, it is. Don't worry. Uh, two things I want to say about that scene. One. Tooth, tooth things? Oh, Simsha. <laughs> boo. <laughs> no, boo uh, you. One, I... Shit, now I forgot what the second thing was. Good. <laughs> Tooth things. That's what it was. We'll start with thing one. <laughs> I, I really like that, just the construction scene. And there's a a line in there that was in the trailer. The, uh, when people ask for help, I never refuse. And just Jody's kind of manic, excited performance in that. I, I really enjoy the Sonic making scene, even if... You don't love the Sonic itself. Oh, That's the second fair. thing. I do like that they just flat out say it's a Sonic screwdriver plus it can do all these other things. Like they just yeah. say it's also a scanner and it does this thing and it does that so that, you know, when she scans up and looks at it, it's making beepy noises. There's no readout. I don't know what she's looking at, <laughs> but at least they've like every doctor has done that. And at least they're just like admitting it, just saying it's. Uh, it could do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Deal with it. I I liked uh, the reveal of what the ball was to Tim Shaw and that he was cheating to try and become the emperor, right? Was that what the trial was for? Yeah. Yeah. So Tim Shaw is just predator. Yeah. Like he's just, he comes to earth every once in a while to hunt a human. Is it him every time or is it the next emperor every time? Probably. Who cares? <laughs> It's just cool. I want to know if he got caught with all of his cheating or not. Well, yeah, the doctor caught him. I, well, well he, didn't, he didn't come back with the target, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, he didn't failed. he die? Because the bombs went off in his head. Yeah, he was, probably gonna well, he, teleported. he was right. leaking profusely. Yeah, he was leaking real bad. Maybe they have the antidote back on Sim Shaw World. <laughs> the antidote for bleeding out of your head. The 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 re DNA because it's like a DNA bomb, right? So now they just got the thing that makes your DNA back into DNA. Well, wasn't the it the DNA anti bomb? That that whole thing was kind of terrifying when the doctor was describing it too, because it sounded like it like exploded your DNA and you melted to death. <laughs> like that's that's just so insane. That's, I've heard that somewhere in science fiction before. I think that one's a, not a super common one, but definitely, definitely in the science fiction zeitgeist, just grabbing some yeah, fruit from that unraveling tree. Unraveling DNA or dissolving DNA. It's, yeah. It's always a thing. Uh, train scene. We get uh, the introduction of the doctor. What do you guys think of that? Hey, I mean, how, what better to introduce somebody than by making them plummet through the roof and then standing up very quickly and going, I'm going to save you and them and him <laughs> and him over there. And a very brief snippet of the new theme, which uh, they didn't play. There's no cold open, no opening credits. They just mm -hmm. go. Don't worry, Jake. I I got it. I, I introduced them to it. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> Boom. It's good. Sam and I were bopping a couple times to the music of this episode. It was just, it was great. Sorry, Maury Gold. Yeah. New, new ones better. Just everybody's just better. Everybody's just <laughs> modern and flashy and like chrome with like inset lighting in their writing studio thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
we watch this on HBO Max, so there is a closing credits with the theme song over the closing credits. Uh, in the States, the first two times it was aired on BBC America, it did not have that. Oh. Interesting. Mm. Keeping it secret. Super secret squirrel. Or it wasn't done yet. MI6 shit. <laughs> it, it was done. It aired everywhere else in the world. <laughs> So the one scene where she's regenerating on the couch when she's passed out, um, there like a little piece of her regeneration flies off. I was wondering if that was supposed to have gone into Ryan, and I was really hoping it would, and like cure his inability to ride a bike. <laughs> but I don't know. I was just wondering if like anyone else thought that as well, or if I'm just hopeful. Yeah. No, it's every other doctor's done Where it. Where did that go, though? Like, was that just to kind of convince him that she was alien? Yeah. So, Dave, or David Tennant, the same thing happened. He kept spitting out regeneration energy, and it's just to kind of let the companions know that something's going down. Gotcha. But then right after that, we get the sweet phone hack and then electrocute yourself into the wall <laughs> scene. I love that. Oh, yeah, she, like, jumped sideways. Well, she shocked herself and was, like, thrown into the wall. I laughed out loud at that part. (laughs) And also the part where she... Is it her who says something crazy and then the old guy, like, looks at her for, like, two seconds and then is like, okay, we're leaving now. Yeah, that was on the uh, the train. (laughs) When it's like, why not? I'm an alien. Grace, we're going. (laughs) The comedic timing of that line... Was my favorite. Uh, Graham, not that old guy. Yep, the old guy. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nick of Forest Focus at Jury of One says, I really like this app. Jody's a lot of fun. And I thought the misdirect as to who the woman who fell to earth referred to created a really nice emotional ending. Tim Shaw is a pretty boring villain, but he functions fine in the plot. I like the introductions of the companions, especially Ryan, and I'm curious to know what you guys think of the prospect of the biggest TARDIS team of the revival. My main problem with the episode is that it takes itself a bit too seriously, and its sillier elements, like Jody's post-regeneration high, don't fit very well with the tone. This is definitely one of Chibnall's stronger scripts, and despite being pretty average as a new Doctor story, it holds up to scrutiny as an introduction to a new era of the show. Agree. I didn't think Tim Shaw was boring. (laughs) (laughs) How does that make you feel that it's her one of her favorite Chibnall scripts? Worried. (laughs) (laughs) Chibnall's the showrunner. He writes most of the episodes. (laughs) Ah, that's not great for the future. (laughs) How would it make you feel to know this is my favorite episode of this season? Fuck! Oh Oh, no. We skip ahead. <laughs> Why would you say that, Jake? What the heck? Oh, man, with that setup, are you shitting me? I do like um, the idea of a big old TARDIS team, though. Like, the, me it's too. endless. Like, just the possibilities are endless. They could do a heist. It could be Doctor Who, Ocean's Eleven. Ho- Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> so, like, Chris Chibnall, his TARDIS team when he was a kid, and he's a huge Doctor Who fan was the fifth doctor and he always had a big TARDIS team. There's always three companions uh, or not always, but often was fifth and doctor so, celery stock guy. Yes. Yeah. I'm in. 
Do we want to talk about uh, the funeral and kind of the the feels at the end? Even pre Those people don't have feels. Pre oh. funeral was sad. Boo. <laughs> pre funeral, the dude who's you know working for his dad, hanging off the crane thing. Who's afraid of heights? Oh, his character was so sad. Oh yeah, all <laughs> right. the feels. Listen to those motivational no, he is important, and he is special. He is someone out there wants him. But he's he's the everyman. I do really like when they're on the train and the doctor's like, "Don't you want to figure out what's going on?" And she's talking to everyone else, and he's like, "No, can I just leave? <laughs> I just want to get to work. <laughs> just want to pretend like this never happened." Yeah. That's my man. I don't know what I was watching when I first watched it. But I must have missed it, but the. Graham talking about how he was in remission from cancer and Grace was was a nurse that helped him. And they were never supposed to be together. Right. <laughs> she was his chemo nurse. Right. And so then him just saying the line like, she should still be here and I shouldn't. Like when I was rewatching it, when he said that, I was thinking he should have been, like he thought he should have been the one up on the thing and died. But re- really he was just kind of talking about like, if he had just died with cancer, she wouldn't have probably gotten all wrapped up in this and would still be alive. Like, there's... I mean, I kind of got that vibe, too. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the awkward, you should really get new clothes, was like a, oh, God. Could someone <laughs> else have just said that better? Like, it was so terrible. It's like, here's a montage of clothing now. Oh, you didn't? I don't hey, like There the wasn't clothes. a montage. <laughs> And I'm super mad that there wasn't was a montage. It's the perfect <laughs> opportunity for a montage. And B, she says, "We really, you really need to get out of those clothes," which was kind of hot. Yeah, it was the it was the Capaldi rags, right? The tatters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like her in the suit. Yeah. I'm really excited to see her new jacket, though. She even brought attention to the jacket early on that she needed. I do a new like jacket. the jacket. Yeah. Okay. Well. I was going to wait to do this, but uh, I'll do it. I'll read this tweet now because it ends with, I want Terry to talk about the outfit. So, <laughs> Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie tweets at us hey saying, yo. I'm really curious what y'all think of this. It's obviously controversial because bigots, but never mind. I really like it. It's not my favorite introductory story for a new doctor, but it's up there. It definitely has a different feel to the Moffat era, even just from one episode. The pace is slower, but it still goes by fast. It's driven more by characters rather than plot, more so than most of what came before. The focus on introducing the companions first and exploring the normality of their lives is such a smart move, otherwise the majority of the attention would have gone to the new Doctor. Instead, we get to see the companions more fleshed out and their connections explored. I know they aren't the best loved companions by some people, although I think we all know someone who'd vocally disagree, Mrs. McCrimmon. But I do really like them, at least how they are in this story. I like that they had connections before meeting the Doctor. That really deepens their relationships so well. And I like that you see their flaws too, with Ryan being impulsive, Yaz initially very by the book, and Graham stubborn, but with so much positivity from them too. Their courage and determination comes through so well. Ryan and Graham being antagonistic is great, that sets up their journey. Uh, Yaz wanting more from life and work is exactly what you'd expect from a would-be companion. They could have all been given more to do, but for an introduction, 
it was great. The Doctor not appearing until almost 10 minutes in is brilliant. It really adds to the impact she has, letting the anticipation build before dropping her straight into the action, really kicking the pace up a gear. And I like that we get a Doctor unsure of herself, amnesiac, but still knowing exactly what she stands for, and seeing that, as always, they're still fundamentally the same is wonderful. I love how hands-on she is. Seeing her without a sonic or psychic paper is great, making her rely on her wits, at least to start with. I always love when the Doctor has to go back to basics and the scene of her making the new Sonic is incredible. For a first villain, Tim Shaw does seem a little weak, but he still works well in the role. The idea of an alien hunt is a good one and works really well with Doctor Who. He just comes over a bit lackluster compared to other monsters. I really like the obfuscation and the trick... Obfuscation? You're making me read this shit? Uh, (laughs) I really like the obfuscation and the trickery the Doctor uses, so reminiscent of 2 and 7 distracting with jokes and trying to convince with speeches, genuinely trying to change what's happening, but having backup plans. And the Tim Shaw, Sim Shaw gag is a little overdone, but works well, letting us see how the new Doctor sees her enemies. Grace's death was unfortunately quite obvious, given the advertising for the show, but I think it's effective and possibly really shocking if you don't expect it. And the effect it has on everyone is played so clearly. Her death does give impetus for the companions to help the doctor for impetus to God to help the doctor further. Just wish we'd seen more of her. I always like seeing the doctor's first appearance in their own outfit. And I really like what they go with reflecting her lightness. And of course have to appreciate the rainbow. And I'm very curious what you all think, especially Terry. I really like the speeches. The doctor gets in this, her speech about change is magnificent, defining her evolution from 12, but showing she's still the same too. And it definitely speaks to the audience as well. Uh, Her speech at the end about family reminds me so much of the second Doctor in Tomb of the Cybermen. It's just as touching and as inspiring as who should be. And as with a lot of the episode, the final moments are so classic with a lead-in cliffhanger. It's so effective, genuinely makes you wonder about what's coming. This feels so much like a classic story, at least to me. It seems to have such a different feel to that last era already, and I really like that. Really looking forward to what you think. This is a divisive run, but I really love it and hoping you all do too. Nice. So what'd you think, Terry? It was a very nice tweet. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think of Jody's outfit, (laughs) Dick I think it works. Uh, I really like the, um, just like the bold colors that come from the jacket and then everything else is kind of subdued. So it, it really matches and her suspenders pop out and like the, palazzo gaucho style pants that mimic a skirt are really fun like it makes her look very fun but very practical at the same time because she's a very like physical doctor like leaping onto cranes and stuff like she's like she will get down and wrestle with you like that's the vibe i get from this doctor and this type of tomboyish army boot put together outfit that she has really echoes that feeling and then to have the well it looks like a early 20 2000s uh double earpiece on her ear as well it's like she just went through the (laughs) store and picked like the best things that she saw and put it together and like that works super really well yeah double earrings my favorite part would you say it's almost like childlike wonder feel yeah yeah it's like the little boy in um Ah, shit, what's that movie called? The one with uh, Adam Sandler oh, where Big he, like, Daddy? steals John Seward's son. <laughs> Big Daddy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the boy in Big Daddy when yeah. he lets him dress yeah, himself for school. And he's wearing, yeah. like, galoshes yeah. and a superhero cape. That's cool. It's like, 
letting a kid dress himself. Um, I, I did like uh, what Ollie had said about the companions having um, like a relationship somewhat with each other already, which kind of puts the doctor in an interesting position with the TARDIS team in that she's kind of the one outside trying like coming into the group, whereas the group already kind of knows each other. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way before. I do. I don't really like the like the meeting of Ryan and Yaz because like well there was elementary school they don't recognize each other (laughs) and then so like they still and they're going through like a crazy moment but they immediately then start acting like they've been friends forever (laughs) well maybe she was an ugly duckling and now she has (laughs) blossomed into a woman not the point like they either (laughs) they either know each other or they don't like i know a lot of people's names (laughs) that i don't know and they like if there's someone around enough that like his grandma knows her by name then like they had a relationship are we anticipating that yaz and ryan are going to turn into like an amy rory type of thing (laughs) a married couple yes (laughs) Can anything be an Amy and Rory type thing? I think we retire that number. Uh, Passion Fruit is sent jar candle at B underscore bird underscore moth says, very, very good. I really enjoy it. Tim Shaw is a great villain villain, and Jodie Whittaker steals the show. She literally falls right into the role perfectly. Because <laughs> <laughs> she falls into the... That's funny. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think of just the story? Like the Tim Shaw villain, like if this was just a Doctor Who story, you know, forget about the new Doctor, the new everything. I fucking like it. I thought this is this is a monster done right. There was just like a looming threat and this dude is seriously something to be afraid of. He had a weakness and the Doctor was able to exploit that weakness and save the day without like a bunch of deus ex machina bullshit. Well, there was one Deus Ex Machina, or I don't know if that's what you would call it, but they're tracking the signal from their DNA bombs, and it's the, like, coily monster thing that gave it to them. So they get back to that pod, and Yaz asks the doctor, if we're tracking the signal from the DNA bombs, why did it bring us here? And the doctor just says, I don't know, and they never ask again. So, like, the whole way... They're able to get the device that they use to send Tim Shaw back home and or yeah, to send Tim Shaw back home is because they went to that pod and took it off the pod. And it's the only reason she was able to make her screwdriver because she's using the technology that's on the pod. So. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) They they needed a reason to get her to the pod and that's what they came up with. Yeah, that's that's pretty ex machina in in my head canon. I can explain that away. Uh, it, it was it was tracking the signal between Tim Shaw and the monster, and it just picked the wrong end of the connection. Uh, that's that's what I would say. Jill, you haven't talked in forty minutes. What do you think? Give me some. I'm hacking. I can't. Um, <laughs> do you mean crocheting? No, like I keep having coughing fits every oh, time hacking. I try. Happy. <laughs> that's not the hacking I thought. <laughs> I'm in. um no so i thought as a standalone story it's 
it's engaging enough. Like, you can get into it. There's a nice story. There's enough characters to get into. But if you hadn't watched much Doctor Who before, it would be a very weird jumping in point. Well, that's a great point, Jill. Um, what do you guys think of being like a like a jumping on point for new fans? There was no TARDIS, but I she kind of she didn't know what was happening to her, so it's hard to explain what the Doctor is if you don't know who the Doctor is. I think maybe it's just become my expectation that the first story of the season is just going to give us a little bit more of that, even if you already know. But it just, it seems like the the first, at least the first Doctor story, or the first new Doctor, always kind of just gives us some a jumping on point. I, I don't know. I think 11th hour, he doesn't really know what's going on most of the time, doesn't have his TARDIS, doesn't have a Sonic but gets them all in the end. So maybe that's what you're missing, is the kind of like accumulation at the end of everything coming together. And maybe we'll get that at the end of next episode instead of at the end of this one, because we do kind of get a cliffhanger here. But yeah, that's a good point. I dig it. One last tweet here from Chris at This Emo Trash. Can we just agree that Graham is the best? Not my favorite post-regeneration story, but it's close. Pertwee's and Smith's probably take top spots. Very character-focused. It's more about the family dynamic of Ryan, Graham, Grace, and Yaz wanting more from life. It starts slowly, but it does work. It helps to introduce our new characters instead of just jumping into action. Love the Doctor's entrance and having the theme song play when she appears instead of having an actual one at the start is an interesting choice, but it helps the pacing, I think. Uh, Tim Shaw is absolutely horrifying. He's not complicated, knows what he wants, and makes mistakes. A perfect first villain for our new Doctor. Yaz being a real police officer is great, considering the last companion that wore a police outfit use it for a very different purpose. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot I want to say, but I have no idea how to apart from just, this was a fucking amazing episode. Can we also agree that Salad Man is the real MVP? Yes. And best character ever written? Yes. Uh, Chibnall starts his era (laughs) off brilliantly, really flexing his dramatic writing skills. Starting a new era of the show can't be easy, especially when he has an almost entirely new crew. But he manages to get everything together and hit the right beats. Grace's end was heartbreaking, even if it was entirely predictable. I can't wait to rewatch the rest of the series. Not to give spoilers, but a couple of the episodes coming up later this series are some of my favorites. Ooh. That's more Fuck promising. the NMDs, Chibnall and Whitaker are great, and this episode proves it right from the start. Hell yeah. Hells yeah. Oh, Hell yeah. Let yeah. us not forget about Wilf. Thank you very much. Wilf, t- <laughs> Wilf old man supreme. But this Wilf is was new... 40 years older than Graham is. <laughs> this is the new hip, this is the new hotness. This dude, he's old, he's banging, he's stubborn. <laughs> what? He's likes the grace and his face is really symmetrical did you see him in that suit though at at the end like he's banging this dude is banging graham is a just a good looking guy i would i would give saying a dude whose wife just died is banging i would (laughs) i would give i would give banging status for sure Mm, he's even more banging now his speech was really good at the funeral too yeah it was one last thing I want to point out before we move on. 
some of Chibnall's writing that I do really appreciate in this story is how he describes regeneration through the things that the doctor says. At one point, she just says, I'm not yet who I am. And I just really like that as a sentence and yeah. you know, describing how regeneration works. Um, and then a little later, she says, talking about it, she says, there's a moment when you're sure you're about to die and then you're born. And what was the thing you hate about Moffat? It's something like this, but then not this. Isn't that, that kind of the no, same line? Th- no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> this is just talking about two things happening. <laughs> and then the... Up on the crane, I think she says, we can honor who we've been and choose who we want to be next. And that's what our our tweeter friends were referencing when saying that she was talking directly to the audience. That's kind of what this is. Just saying, like, the show's different now. There's a new showrunner. I mean, Stephen Moffat did the same thing. I was going to say, that's just happened saying, before. Like, yeah. Just saying, like, the show, every everything you loved about the show, that's all still there. But it's going to be a little different. So let's fucking go. Yeah. Alex, give me the MVP theme song. MVPs. Peas? MVPs? Alex, who's your MVPs? Oh. Uh, well, it's our MVPs. My MVP, my single P, is... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the doctor. Oh, the old doctor. Uh, oh. It's weird. It's don't, weird, no. Don't, don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, my MVP is uh, Jody Whitaker. She was v. great. Jill. Also Jody. Cody. Jebnall. Jebnall, my man. Oh, yeah. Good writing, yeah. Sam. Jody. Terry. Grace. <laughs> oh yeah it's a good one i don't know the actress's name but she well then you can't pick her no what? her what sandra <laughs> sorry i don't know who she is but her character was like a driving force that moved everyone forward and helped jody in the story so i i really liked her uh, i picked jody oh nice uh grace is played by sharon d clark you did a good sharon Alex, give me that Fun Facts theme song. Fun, fun facts. Fun, fun facts. Fun facts. We got the fun facts. Uh, Let's see. This is the 11th story overall. And the third regeneration story that does not feature the TARDIS at all. There will be one more story next season that doesn't have the TARDIS in it. Um, This is the only story where Jodie Whittaker does all of her own stunts. Oh, shit. And this is the first story since the Faceless Ones in which there are two male companions traveling with the Doctor. I only bring that up because they're not really traveling with the Doctor, although they did teleport into space. (laughs) I bring that up because Alex and I are watching that story this week for Brothers and Who. And uh, that's from 1967, 66, and it's, I think 66, and it's the last time there were two male companions at the same time. Wow. That's all. I didn't look up the actors to see if they've been in anything else. Oh, no, I did. None of them were. <laughs> Guys. Oh, all right. Exciting times. New Doctor, new showrunner, new era. We have a new game. What? Oh, Hollywood God. Squares. <laughs> yep, it's Hollywood Squares. <laughs> Let's meet our celebrities. <laughs> 
Uh, gone is the Doctor Trivia Pursuit, because we went through all the questions. Um, and I went through, like, every card to get the five Peter Capaldi questions that I had last week. That we did wonderful with. So you're going to hate this game, <laughs> but it's going to be more fun for our listeners to play along with. I don't have a name for it, but it is also stolen from Doug Loves Movies <laughs> in this game. I have randomly selected five episodes of Doctor Who because there is a website that has a Doctor Who random episode generator. Oh. <laughs> and so here's how this works. You have to guess what episode I'm referencing by listing the characters in the episode. Not the actors, but the character names. And I'll be starting from the bottom of the list, working my way up. To which you would assume the first name on the list would be The Doctor. I hate but this game. But not always. Don't have to remember episode names. You could just give me any vague description <laughs> if I you just get mildly close. Oh, okay. Like, this is the one with, yeah, like, that'll work fine. The one where the Doctor so we can do friends. gets, like, away from the TARDIS and can't use it. <laughs> Did I get it? We can well, do friends, friends episode names, like, definitely the one where. Yep, for sure. Yes. Um, so I've randomly selected the order, and how we're going to do it is I'm going to name, I'm going to list one name to you, and just say an episode, because you, you never know, you might hit it. And I've got five episodes, so doing it this way might take a little while, so we'll, we'll maybe tweak the format a little bit here. But the order goes Sam, Jill, Alex, Terry, Cody. Oh, God. So, Sam, you're starting. The first credited character... Or the bottom credited character is Cyberman. <laughs> um, the one with the Cyber King in it. Good guess. Jill, the next character is Val. Love and Monsters. Alex, the next one is George. Oh, uh, uh, the Pandorica opens. Good guess. At least it has a Cyberman in it. <laughs> Terry, the next one is Kelly. Is it the one that they go to the theme park and the Cybermen nope. are there? Oh, damn it. Cody, the next one is Shona. Is this the one where they're in the mall? Yes, it is. Uh -huh. yeah, Closing time. Hey, baby. Wow. The next of the character, the next on the list is Madame Kavarian, River Song, Sophie, Craig Owens, Rory, Amy, the Doctor. The one in the mall. One for oh, Cody. Oh, where they like go under? Oh, yeah, and yeah. James James Corden's second one yeah. on the show. All right, so Cody got that one right. We're starting back at the beginning with Sam. Wait, what? Uh, Cody was the last one on the list. <laughs> so you're next. I thought you start. Shouldn't you start with whoever was after me, and then you go? Yeah. Go yeah. Oh, okay. Everyone goes first. Yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah. Jill. <laughs> Jill, it is your turn to go first. The last name on the list is Sphere Voice. The voice of a sphere. <gasps> um, the one where, uh, what are those singy thingies? Where they're all together singing in like the creepy alley well dungeon thing? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so probably not it. Nope. Alex, the next one is Woman. <laughs> Solid. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the the one where they're on the host or house, and nope. it's okay. Terry, the next one is Lad. 
it is the one with the son of a the, the animated snow with the snowman and the frozen no. pond leap. Come on. Stop yelling at me. Um, <laughs> at any time, you can ask me to repeat the past ones. Um, Cody, the next one is Professor Dockerty. I believe that this one is the one with the stopwatch that holds the doctor's soul. No, good guess. Sam, the next one is Thomas Milligan. Can you repeat all of them? Sphere voice. Woman, lad, Professor Doherty, Thomas Milligan. Sphere voice. Yeah, Terry's was my first guess. I I literally don't even have a guess. All right, big clue here, Jill. Lucy Saxon. Uh. Son of a oh, bitch. Oh, I know which one it is. Uh. Anything? No. Okay, Alex. The next one is Leo Jones. Um, it's it's one of the two parters with the master. In the finale, I'm gonna go with the first one. Oh, I don't know what order they're in. <laughs> I, I think the two-parter master finale is good enough. Yeah, I think so Should too. We, last of the Time Lords. The, the list Doctor. goes on. Yeah, the la- the list goes on. Clive Jones, Tish Jones, Francine, or yeah, Francine Jones, the Master, Captain Jack, Martha, the Doctor. Actually, it was probably the second one if all of the Joneses were there, right? Well, they're in both. Um, oh. So Alex has one, Cody has one. Alex, it's your turn to go first. Okay. Short list on this one. Uh, voice of the interface. Oh. Uh, the it's it's the the one. Oh, uh, ooh. They're on a spaceship, and it's the one where the ocean is the engines. No. Damn. Dinosaurs on Terry. a spaceship. That's the one you're thinking of. <laughs> Terry, the next one is check-in girl. Oh, it's the one in the hotel that has the each room. Nope. Is it? <laughs> Cody, the next one is Rory. Okay. So you got it narrowed down to a couple of seasons. Yeah, I think this is the one with the Eden and the nurse robots. I will accept that. It is the girl who waited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and she becomes like a a samurai warrior. Because uh, Amy would always say interface, and then the light would show up. Yeah. Yeah. The next two names were Amy Pond and the Doctor. Surprising. Uh, Cody has two. Alex has one. Terry, it is your turn to go first. The last name on the list is Dalek. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll go with the one that our introduction to Clara as a Dalek who doesn't believe she's a nope. Dalek. Okay. That seems like it'd be pretty high up, sir. Cody, the next name on the list is Dalek. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one with the Power Ranger Daleks. Uh, Sam, the next name on the list is Dalek's Voice. Is what? Dalek's Voice. Uh, Voice of the Daleks. The one where the Dalek is like outside the spaceship and says exterminate, but you don't hear it, but you see it light up. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. That is not it. Dang it. it. 
Jill. The next one is boy. Uh, I'm going to go with a season finale where there's Daleks. No. Alex, this is a di- bit of a giveaway. Davros. <gasps> I should have guessed that one. Oh, okay. It's going to be the one where uh, Capaldi <laughs> uh, saw the boy on the battlefield and uh, like him and Davros had like a really good scene together. Yeah, which is yeah. familiar. It's part of a two-parter, yeah. uh, Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar. Last one, chat or tie between Cody and Alex, chance for someone else to get on the board. Uh, Cody, you get to go first. Easy. Robot 2 voice. Easy. It's the one with the robot. Fucking see ya. <laughs> Sam, the next one is Robot 1 voice. Um, The one with the golden arrow. Ooh, good try. Uh, Alex, the next one is ISA worker. The hell is the ISA? Did we skip Jill? Um, Jill's next. Oh, no, that was Jill. Sorry. Jill, the next one's ISA worker. Uh, no idea. Alex, the next one is Bleetall. I'm going to go with the one where we saw... It was a Cyberman episode. We saw Martha as not Martha. The actress was there. Nope. And the, okay. Terry, the next one is Indira. It's the one where it's the the robots with the smiley faces and they put the button on your back that show the feelings. Nope. Ah. Those don't have voices. Cody, for the win, the next name is Queen Nefertiti. <laughs> okay, it's the one with the monks. No. Uh, there's a lot that have monks, but no. Okay. Sam, the next one is Solomon. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. It's dinosaurs on a spaceship. Ah, ah, boo, lame. I don't remember <laughs> anything in that episode. I had golf balls. I remember those. Oh, so the robots were the yeah the the robots were the bumbling fools, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Well done, Sam. Woo-hoo. All right, I didn't have a tiebreaker, so Cody and Alex pulling a card out. Ooh, ooh, girl. Wait, wasn't didn't he win? I thought he got three. No, nope. I just said I got three. Oh, but I'm about to get three. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. How many years did Richard Lazarus's genetic mutation device reduce his age by? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-two. 20, 20, 20. God damn it! I said forty first, Jake. I swear to fucking God, if you don't pick different questions for these tiebreakers, I I randomly chose a card. Randomly choose a different card. Alex, please give me that paper crumpling theme song. 
This has been Married to Who's episode on the woman who fell to earth. If you'd like to follow us on our social medias, you can do so on Twitter at Married to Who Pod, on Instagram at Married to Who, or you can email us, Married to Who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or our website, Married to Who.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next time for The Ghost Monument. Do 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 do